Hey there, lady. My name is Molly Conley, and I'm devoted to helping women reinvent their love lives, whether that's after divorce, dating on and off the apps, or in their committed relationship. Why? Because I've been there. I'm a former college athlete who filed for divorce three years into marriage, swam in the online dating pool into my late 30s, and now I am married to the man of my spreadsheet dreams who I met four months before the world shut down. As a dating and relationship coach, I help my clients shift the focus from being obsessed with finding Mr. Right to shifting to herself as Miss Right Now. We build a foundation filled with clarity, connection, and confidence, knowing she is worth waiting for. Each week on the podcast, I'll bring you love life insights and savvy guests where you will receive the courage to release programmed limiting beliefs. Discover patterns and behaviors restricting you from finding and attracting quality men and ways to choose yourself first so you can build a foundation for a healthy relationship with yourself and a partner. Hey lady, I hope you are ready for another episode of Reinventing the Arena podcast. I've been diving deep into dating patterns and those sabotaging behaviors lately, but I've just started talking about them one-on-one. So today I'm talking about perfectionism. And if you haven't listened to the series of dating patterns um, podcast episodes, you can always go back, give those a listen so you can get a more well-rounded idea of the different dating patterns that help uncover Uh, the sort of sabotaging behaviors that I've been talking about. All right, so let's get into perfectionism. If you are noticing that things have to be a certain way in order for you, you know, to be happy or satisfied, or maybe you're working on something very specific for yourself, a goal or a project at work, and it never, it never feels quite done because you can't get it to a place where you feel that it is complete you might be struggling with perfectionism. And just because you struggle with perfectionism in other areas of your life, it may not affect your relationships, but it's a good chance that it does. One of the most common ways it shows up in relationships is extremely high standards. So the person never seems good enough for you, or on the flip side, you never feel good enough for them. And if it's on that flip side, you will constantly do whatever it takes to become perfect for them, which then becomes a combination of perfectionism and people pleasing. But that's more of a deep dive that we're not going to do right now. So most of the time, perfectionism comes from the authority figures in our life that basically told us what they expected out of us or from us. And when we failed or did not meet those expectations or standards, there were either, you know, feelings of disappointment, guilt, maybe shame, and, you know, sometimes punishment for not behaving a certain way or not doing something that was approved by that authority figure. And it's becoming more common knowledge now that between the ages of one and seven, and some people even say just the ages between three and 10, that is when we are most influenced by others. That's when we learn how to communicate read, write, and behave by those around us. So for example, let's say um, that you were surrounded by a family member who consistently had these extreme high expectations of you 
and the family member repeatedly told you how to behave or those expectations, it will affect how you act, how you engage with others, and how you show up in the world in any situation, you know, work specifically, because that's where we spend most of our time, right? So since those were repeated, either situations or sayings, your brain was creating these neural pathways in your brain over time on repeat. And because of that, anything we learned from our childhood, anything that we learned from the age, you know, before 10 is so difficult to unlearn. You not only have to have awareness of it, you have to acknowledge it and you have to have the desire to actually want to make a change so that you can trust the process and pursue it. So if you were, you know, ready to let go even just a little bit of the need to be perfect, whether that's to look perfect or do things perfect, um, or even have the perfect relationship or say the perfect thing, this is your time. I have three different ways or steps to help you either lessen the perfectionism in your life, or even sometimes put a pause to perfectionism. So the first way that you can do that is to take some time to become aware of how your perfectionism is showing up. You might need to do this by looking back at something that maybe you did in the last seven days. And I want to say seven specifically, because if you are a perfectionist, there is things that you do daily, whether that's like how you get ready, the drive you take to work, how you exactly pour your coffee to a certain, you know, line on your, in your cup or whatever it is, there are certain things. And yes, that's a little much, but like, there are things like that, that are every day that you can pinpoint either your habits or how you engage with others. So because your standards are hypothetically, if perfectionism is your, um, sabotaging behavior, you would say that this perfectionism, um, would impact you at some point in those past seven days. And so you want to write that down as well. So let's say you were supposed to go on a date last weekend and you found out that the someone that you were going to go out and date with, that there was something you didn't like about that person out of nowhere. And it's more about the person not being perfect for you because your standards are extremely, you know, too high, subjective, or even unattainable through certain characteristics. Maybe this person that you were going to go on this date with has, I don't know, blonde hair, and you really like men with blonde hair, but you found out that he has naturally brown hair. That sort of extreme qualification characteristic right there for you to cancel a date because his natural hair color is brown. I'm not going to lie to you. I had a friend like this way before I started coaching. It was insane because she literally would just be like, there is no perfect man out there for me. And doing this, like what my friend did, it puts blinders on you so that you are only looking for these physical characteristics or you're over prioritizing them. So right now, like wherever you are, find something in the room that is, or in when, when you're driving, hopefully listening to this podcast while you're you know on your way to work or something like that, look for something that's blue. Okay. You have, you identified something 
close to you that is blue. Now, I want you to think of the first thing that you saw that was black, right? Maybe you didn't catch that. Maybe you did. But what we focus on is what we remember. That is what we hone in on. It's kind of like when you go shopping for a new car and you're like, oh, I really want this red car. So the next thing you know, when you're driving around, all you see are red cars. So this is sort of like selective attention. Um, and it can really narrow your options in life, specifically when looking for a romantic partner. And you know, I'm, I'm going to be honest. Yes, this is completely normal for to happen, for this to happen. And, you know, maybe you're going to say, Molly, well, I'm really attracted to blonde hair men and I get it. That's so wonderful that you know it. And that for you, you know, you can actually acknowledge that's what you're attracted to, but it's not a priority over how well he treats you how well he can communicate with you even during difficult conversations. Like those are just two examples. So standards like this impact your opportunity to find someone who wants to have a lifelong relationship with you. And guess what? His hair isn't going to stay whatever the fuck the color is today. It's either going to go gray or he's going to go bald and you're going to have to get over the hair thing. And if that makes you cringe or tighten up in your throat or your stomach, your perfectionism is showing. So let's stay in this example of extremely high standards. When we have these standards or expectations of someone's physical appearance, we really cut ourselves off from those opportunities to meet someone that might be really good for us. This is why aligning your values, specific long-term qualities like vulnerability and open communication are things that are not necessarily visible within a profile picture. If you don't know what your values are, what qualities, and I'm emphasizing you need, not just want, to have in a supportive, long-term, healthy, loving relationship, then you have a lot of fun self-discovery to do. And when you do that, you are going to be able to better align yourself with someone that has similar values, emotional intelligence, and stability as you. When you start to do that self-discovery, when you start to look into what makes you you from a place of curiosity, you can pause perfectionism. So this is number two. So part of the way to pause or let go of perfectionism, like I said, for number one is becoming aware of when perfectionism is showing up for you and your life specifically in your relationships and what has happened in the past where perfectionism has affected your past relationships. And so the next one is getting curious about yourself. Get curious about what you value. Get curious of how you want to walk the talk and your values. Get curious about your depth of emotional intelligence. Get curious about your vulnerability and acceptance. This will allow you to not only really hone in on who you are and who you would be compatible with in the future, but it's going to help you navigate dating and relationships in a whole new way. And the last way that you can start to let go of perfectionism, and I'm going to tell you this was so hard for me to do, <laughs> but it's laughing at yourself. Oh man, super tough. Letting go of perfectionism through laughter is strange at first. I'm not, not going to lie. Years ago, 
right after I broke up with my last long-term boyfriend, which I think is like, might've been 2016. I went back to see my therapist that I saw when I was getting my divorce in 2011. I was frustrated with so many different areas of my life. I felt like no one was taking things seriously. As a perfectionist, I couldn't handle when I messed up or when I thought I said something stupid or when, you know, I made a simple mistake. I would get so angry. I had to learn and I still sometimes catch myself because perfectionism still stays around. You just have to learn how to manage it, that it's okay. And some of these things are funny because I am sometimes clumsy. Sometimes I'm a klutz and I have to laugh at myself, whether it's out loud or internally, because this is just who I am. And that's part of being human. (laughs) Part of the human experience is to have a range of emotions that we get to live through. And that includes humor and laughter. Since we're around ourselves constantly, we are our own form of entertainment. Not going to lie. That's been fun. So working through and overcoming parts of your perfectionism, it can take a lot of time and effort. I'm not going to lie. It depends on how much you're sabotaging your, you know, your life in general with perfectionism, as well as how it's affecting your relationships. The three areas or steps that I mentioned today will help you start to work through your perfectionism, making it easier to have a healthy relationship with yourself and someone else in the future. If you don't know if perfectionism is your dominant sabotaging behavior, you can take my quiz, What's Sabotaging Your Love Life? It's 16 questions taking you through different dating or relationship scenarios where you're going to find out if perfectionism, people-pleasing, justification, resistance, or pride is sabotaging your relationships. Obviously, there's more ways to sabotage your relationship, but... These five are the ones that I see most within my ambitious, high achieving women clients. And sometimes my clients find out that they have another sabotaging behavior showing up depending on a certain, you know, certain factors. You can find it on my website, in my Instagram bio, or in these show notes of the podcast. I have a lot more planned for the quiz throughout 2023. So if you don't take it now, make sure you do so by the end of August. Speaking of sabotaging behaviors, I'm collaborating with Smitten Singles for a five-week virtual course starting June 19th, and it's called Unplugged, Ditching the Dating Apps for Good. You will learn from experienced relationship coaches and experts like myself who will provide you with tools and strategies to help you succeed in the dating world. Each week, you're going to attend a 60 to maybe even 90 minute session that will cover different aspects of dating that include the Enneagram, building confidence and communication skills, identifying self-sabotaging behavior and styling. We will share our personal success stories, like how we you know, discovered these passions for ourselves and how we've even moved through them and answer any of the questions that you have. There will also be a virtual mixer where you can connect with other people that are in the course and practice your newly acquired skills in a fun and supportive environment. Plus some of the coaches, if we can make it, will be there too. 
By the end of the course, you should feel more confident and empowered in your dating life, and you will have had the chance to build these skills and knowledge to find genuine connection with like-minded individuals. So don't miss this opportunity to transform your dating life and empower yourself to succeed in love. Space is extremely limited, so I suggest register as soon as possible before, obviously, June 19th. I'm going to include the link in the show notes. It's also in my Instagram bio if you need to find it there. Well, lady, thank you for listening and come back next week. I have something other than a new episode that I cannot wait to share with you. Until then, have a fantastic day and I will chat with you soon. Thank you for listening to this episode. If this show has helped you in some way, big or small, please let me know by leaving a review wherever you listen to the podcast. It really helps other women just like you find the show. Have a good rest of your day, lady, and I will talk to you next time.